When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Views expressed here are not supported by and do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewer's discretion is advised. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Stacy Talks Money Podcast. It's a Tuesday here. I hope everyone's having a good start of the week so far. It's Tuesday. It's raining here. But I'm going to talk about this evening, we're going to talk about deductions when it comes to filing your uh, personal and your business tax returns, because I'm getting a lot of questions from people, you know, in regards to, you know, deductions that they should be claiming, deductions that they're missing. And I just want to clarify um, so everyone could get all their deductions that um, that's necessary for either personal or for your business. Now, make sure you like, subscribe, and share the show. You can uh, reach me on uh, Instagram, Stacy Talks Money Podcast. You can email me, Stacy Talks Money at Gmail. All right, so we're going to get started now. Okay, so basically, before you even file your tax return uh, for your personal or your business, you should make sure that you have all of your social security numbers for yourself, have the social security numbers for your dependents, especially your kids, your spouse. If you're filing married, make sure you have all of those um, documents and make sure you have the right numbers. Because a lot of people, their uh, returns reject because of the social security number being wrong or the social security number does not match what the IRS has in their system. So always make sure you have the right number and the right spelling of the person's name. If they always use a middle initial, make sure you always uh, file with the middle initial. Also, you may need copies of your last year's return, you know, depending on how you're filing, if you're doing it yourself, or you may have an accountant, or you may have a tax preparer. Sometimes they may need cert certain information from your last year's um, return. Sometimes they need your AGI or they just need you know, certain information just to kind of check and make sure what they're filing is correct. Also make sure you have your bank account number. Uh, if you're gonna do direct deposit or if you're gonna have a check, just make sure you have your correct address where you would like the IRS to mail your check to. Now, when you're filing your return, it's always best that you have all of your W-2s for you and your spouse. Make sure you have all of your W-2s. A lot of people, if they have multiple uh, jobs, sometimes you tend to forget and then people file their return and then they have to file an amendment because they probably missed a W-2 or a W-2 came late. So always make sure you have all of your W-2s um, that you're gonna be filing for. For you and your spouse, um, make sure you have if you receive any 1099s, make sure you have all of your 1099s for you and your spouse if you're filing jointly. Uh, 1099s, you could get it in different forms. Uh, NEC, you know, um, if you're doing any kind of contract work or independent contractor, you uh, work on those rideshare apps, uh, you know, you'd get a 1099. Also, you may get a 1099G form. And you're, most times you get a 1099-G form, that's when you are claiming unemployment. So if you were ever on unemployment in the previous year, you would get a 1099-G form. Or if you have any kind of um, winnings from the lottery or the casino, if you go to the casino and you win over a certain amount, you will get a 1099-G form. 
Make sure you always have that. If you receive any kind of social security benefits, you're going to get a, what's called a 1099, an SSA 1099. And that's for any kind of social security uh, benefits that you receive. Uh, also, you may have a 1099-R, and that is related with Form 8606, and that's for payments from IRAs or retirement plans. Also, with 1099s, you're going to get, you may get a 1099-INT, a 1099-DIV, a 1099-B, or a 1099-K1 for investments or income, for interest income. Now the 1099 um, INT, that's normally for interest that you would receive from a bank account. Also, if you sold any property, whether personal or business, you will receive what's called a 1099 S form, and that's from the sale of a property. So make sure you file that um, with your return. You may also get any kind of uh, alimony. If you're getting alimony, you would get a form for that, for alimony. So you'd have to claim that you'd get that. So make sure you have all of these documents ready when you're filing. Also, you may have some miscellaneous income uh, from, uh, like I said, uh, gambling winnings, um, jury duty. They also send you a, a form if you uh, were paid during jury duty. So you also, you have to claim that also if you were paid during jury duty. Now for your, if you have kids in school, uh, college, or if you or yourself are in college, you may get what's called a 1098E form. And the 1099E form is what you're gonna claim for your student loan interest paid or for uh, for the loan uh, statements for the student loans. So you will get a 1099-E. And if you receive a 1099-T form, that is going to be for any tuition that is paid. Um, I know a lot of uh, people ask me the difference, and that's the difference. You'll get a 1099. You'll get a 1099-T form. And that's for any tuition paid. You should also keep your receipts and your cancel checks for any tuition that you paid. All right, whether for you or for your child, you should always keep your receipts and you will get a 1090, 1098T form. And for teachers, if you're a teacher, you should also uh, have all receipts of any supplies that you bought. Um, also, you should have your cancel checks or your receipts any classroom supplies that you purchased. You should also have all records of your IRA contributions that you've made during uh, that year. You also have to claim that. If you were self-employed and you paid for your own medical insurance, you can also claim that. So if you're self-employed and you have a health insurance plan, you should uh, have record of all those payments that you made. Also, if you moved, you should keep records of you moving, uh, whether uh, personal, uh, especially if you moved for a job, you should have records of that. Um, if you moved your business for business reasons, also you should have any kind of records of you moving. Uh, also, if you pay alimony, you should keep those records to deduct that. Also, if you have any uh, kind of self-employed pension fund plans, you should have records of that also. Now, when it comes to deductions for your child, you should have you should get a form from the child, uh, either the daycare could be a daycare, could be an aftercare program, anything that you have to pay, you should have the provider's name, the address, and they should give you a form with a tax ID number, and it should have the amount that you paid. Once it's a legitimate, um, you know, aftercare, daycare provider, 
they should be able to provide you that form, okay? Also, if you adopted a child, you can claim that credit also for the child. So you would have to have, you know, the social security number for the child, uh, the record of any legal costs, medical costs, and uh, transportation costs. All of those are, uh, you can claim that back anytime you adopt a child. Also, you need to have a 1098 form for mortgage interest. That's anytime you have a home and you pay your mortgage interest, you're going to have a 1098 form. So you should always get that. Anytime you have a home, you should get a 1098 form. Either it's for mortgage interest, it could be for private mortgage um, insurance, and the points you paid. And also, if you're donating, if you've donated to a charity, you should have uh, some kind of receipt, either cash. Um, if you paid cash, you should have a receipt uh, from the organization. Any kind of receipt, uh, cancel checks are always good. Um, if you donated to an organization or church, you should have that cancel check or some, or your bank statement to show, you know, that you paid uh, this amount to that uh, charity or church or anything. And like I said, if you donate, you have to have the receipt, especially if you're donating anything over, let's say $500 and it's uh, valued over $500, you should have the original receipt just to show in case the IRS may ask for proof. You should always have that. You should also have records for your medical and dental expenses. That's another credit that a lot of people are not taking any kind of medical and dental expenses out of pocket. You should uh, claim that back. If you, uh, if your job has union dues, uh, you pay for your, let's say you have a uniform, anything along those lines, you should also claim that back. For your uniform, any supplies, if your job, um, if you go to seminars, any continuing education, any publication, any travel, anything related to a job or even your business, you should have those um, receipts and you can claim it back on your taxes. And also when you have a, a business, you should also claim the home, uh, home office expenses. So you're going to claim anything related to your home office, your home office, you're going to claim your um, internet, you're going to claim your, if you have a separate phone line, you're going to claim any equipment that you bought for that home office. Um, you could buy a desk, chair, printer, you know, computer, anything along those lines. Anything that you've bought for the home office, you should be claiming that deduction. And when I say home office, that uh, the IRS recognizes that if you're, uh, you have any kind of business, they just assume you're going to. So it's always best that you, um, you know, claim that deduction for the home office. Also, you can claim any licenses that you are getting for your vehicle. If you have to renew your registration fees, you can also claim that on your taxes, whether it's for your personal vehicle or it's for your um, business vehicle. If you have to get, you know, new plates, you have to re-register the vehicle and it's done. As far as your vehicle, you should um, claim that. Also, if you've paid any kind of state and local income taxes, you should have receipts of that. If you have real estate, you should ha also have um, any real estate taxes that you've paid. If you have any personal property taxes, you should also have a record of that to claim back on your taxes. If you have any estimated payments made during the year, that's meaning if you're self-employed, a lot of people who are self-employed, they do what's called estimated payments, meaning that they, uh, throughout the year, they stretch out their tax payments instead of paying one lump sum, especially if they know they're gonna owe, they just stretch it out uh, throughout the year.
Okay. Now, when it comes to your business, filing for your business, you should have the full name of your business or any DBAs doing business as. Make sure you have the correct business address. Make sure you have the correct business ID number, federal ID number. Also, if you have any state withholdings, some companies have state uh, withholdings. Those are mostly for corporations. You would have an ID number for that. Also, if you have a state unemployment ID number, you would have that also. Also, you should have your certificate and articles of incorporation for the organization. If you have an S-Corp, you should also have a form, what's called a form 2553. That's if you're uh, for your S-Corp election and acknowledgement. You also have to know what kind of business you have. The name of the business, the address, if it's a corporation, you would have to have the members, stockholders, partners. You have to have all of that information for the business also. If you have any IRA contributions for the business, you should have that. Any uh, energy credits you're claiming, um, any medical, uh, any medical, uh, Medical savings accounts that you have for your business and your contributions, you should definitely claim that. Any moving expenses for your business, you should claim that. Uh, some people have offices and um, let's say you're moving your office to another location, another, you need to, um, you can definitely claim those expenses for moving. Also, if you have any self, like I said, the self-employed, if you're self-employed and you have health insurance, you should claim those premiums. You have to claim those premiums because that is a write-off for your business. Any kind of health insurance premiums when you're self-employed is a write-off and you should definitely claim it. Also, any education expenses related to your business, you should claim that. Uh, you know, a lot of people who have businesses, they take, um, they may take a computer course, they could take uh, a seminar, they could take, um, you know, different, different courses that you'll take related to your business or just for personal, you should definitely always claim that back, especially in your business, because it is an expense. And you can also claim your travel, you can claim your um, meals, you can claim your hotel during that time, but you just have to definitely document everything as far as the business. Um, you just have, if you're driving in your, in your business vehicle, you can claim the miles that you drive also. So you definitely want to take all advantages when it comes to your business and claiming everything that you should for the business. Um, I also wanted to kind of touch on, um, I'm noticing that a lot of people uh, now for this tax season, they're rushing and they're filing returns and then they're having to do amendments. You shouldn't rush your tax return and um, you know just take your time. And I know everybody wants to file early so they could get back their money early, but that's not always the case. I'm seeing already people are doing three amendments already and you know, you shouldn't have to do so many amendments. Take your time, wait. A lot of times documents, a lot of forms are not available yet. A lot of documents you're still waiting on. And you shouldn't just rush and do your um, return if all the documentation is not there. Um, also, if you're unsure, like I said, maybe you might have a child and you're unsure of their social or their spelling. It doesn't make sense to run and try and hurry up and file and then it's just going to keep getting rejected because it's not matching get the prop get the proper documentation get the proper information and then you can file everything um for your tax return and um also if you have a child you should and the child does not live with you you need to verify with the other parent that you can file because a lot of people are trying to file for a child and the other parent already filed, especially if the child doesn't live with you. 
the other parent already filed. And then when they try to file the child now, it gets rejected. So you need to always, every tax year, you need to, you know, see who's, if you're going to take turns every other year or every two years, you should really find out, you know, who's going to file for the child because you wouldn't want to keep filing and it's getting rejected for that reason, you know, or the parents, they're just not communicating and one is thinking they're going to file and then, you know, it just causes a big mess and it delays a lot of things with your tax return and you can't just keep filing amendments because it just it makes it a mess. So that's my advice to people when you're filing um, your taxes, take your time. If you're not sure of what you're doing, definitely you should go to a tax professional, go to a CPA. Even if you're doing it online, you want to make sure that you're doing it the right way and not to rush and just, you know, you're putting in a lot of things that are going to flag your, um, your return. Also, when you're filing um, for self-employed, any amounts that you have for your return, you shouldn't put it, uh, let's say, if you want to do advertising for your business, you're not going to put an exact 5000 because that's a red flag right there and the IRS is going to flag it for an audit. You should never put like 5000 You could put like maybe 5000 You know, any amounts that you're putting for your business, just never make it a whole number. That That's not good. I would definitely flag your return for an audit by the IRS. I always tell people, always make it an uneven number. If it's $1,000, just make it like a a thousand oh five you know in some sense you never never want to have a return with all of these even numbers that's an immediate immediate red flag to the irs for an audit immediately your return will get audited so quick and um from my experience that's what always happens anyone who has an, a return and it has a lot of zeros a lot of even numbers you can't do that so and if you don't know what you're doing Definitely, like I said, go to a professional um, if you're unsure and don't try and do your return and then you create a, a mess of your return and then you get flagged, you get audited because it's a whole lot of, it's a lot to deal with an audit. Um, so you just want to always make sure you're doing the right thing when it comes to your taxes I know a lot of people, they're rushing right now. Take your time. You still have a lot of time. The last day to file your taxes is April 15th. But if you see yourself getting close to April 15th, my advice would be to file an extension. Just file an extension. Even if you're doing your taxes, let's say April 1st, and you just feel like just to be on the safe side, always file an extension. It's free. You're not paying anything extra to file an extension. Also, I wanted to talk about um, if you have a foreign bank account, uh, just be careful with that. Because um, sometimes if you're not reporting it, certain countries, even though it's a foreign bank account, the IRS has ways that they can get that information. So just know that, you know, maybe it's always best to just report it to be on the safe side and you don't want the IRS to find out about it. And then, you know, you audited for all of this money that you're trying to hide. And the IRS found out about it. Okay. So let me see. I also wanted to talk about uh, if you are in school, uh, you have to file, uh, like I said, you may get the 1098T if you're in college, either college you're paying tuition, or you may also get it. Uh, sometimes people go to certain trade schools. You would get the 1098. If it's a legitimate trade school or college, you should get a 1098. Um, you know, I've had a few uh, situations with some customers and they're stating that they went to a school, they paid a lot of money for tuition and they never received the 1098. And, it, you know, the school is basically telling them, oh, you could just file it with our name, our address, and just put in how much you paid. No, that's that's not how it works. Any legitimate school you went to, you will get a 1098T form for any tuition that you paid. So 
if you're going to, you know, I always advise people before you go into any of these trade schools, ask them, you know, this tuition, if I have to pay out of pocket, you know, will I be able to claim it back um, on my taxes, you know, and just make sure because you don't want to spend all of this money going to school and then you can't get back your money. Okay. All right, if my computer would cooperate with me, then I can go to my next topic when it comes to taxes. Just give me a moment here, a little technical difficulty. I'm not sure why. Okay. So we spoke about the child tax credit. Now, in order to claim child tax credit for your kids, they have to be under the age of 17. They have to be under the age of 17. Once they hit 17, that's it. And you can only claim daycare for your child up until the age of 13. That's it. Once they hit 13, that's it. You can't claim any kind of babysitting, aftercare, anything like that. And then you have until 17, you can claim the child tax credit. Okay. And there are two credits when it comes to claiming for school. There's the American Opportunity Tax Credit. And that would be the, you can claim your first $2,000 that you spent on either tuition, books, any kind of equipment, school fees, but you cannot claim any living expenses or transportation related to school. Then there's the Lifetime Learning Credit. That lets you claim 20% of the first $10,000 that you've paid towards tuition and fees for a maximum of $2,000. Okay, so there's, the, there's two different credits that you can claim when it comes to education. And also, if you have any student loan interest, you can claim the student loan interest deduction and it lets you write off up to $2,500. Okay, so it's $2,500 you can write off. And again, I spoke about the adoption credit. If you adopt a child, there is an adoption credit that you can get. And it's a, you know, if you adopt a child, you know, it's a good thing to do, but you also, you get a great, uh, you get most of your money back that you spent. Um, For 2023, the maximum is 15950 So if you spend up to that, you will get it back. You know, but some people, they spend more for, um, you know, for the adoption, but that is the lowest you would get back is 15950 That's how much you'll get back in credits once you adopt a child. And that is per child. Some people adopt um, more than one, and that's just per child. And there's the earned income credit. Uh, with the earned income credit, you have to make $25,000, at least $25,000 and under to earn the earned income credit. Uh, you know, because I had a customer last night and um, she only made, you know, she only made like $1,000 for last year. She said she was um, working from home off the books. So, you know, I told her you can't claim the credit for the child, you know, to earn income credit. And she was kind of upset, but I had to like show her and send her the information. You know, you have to make at least the 25000 to claim it. That's for the earned income credit up to 25,000. Also charity, like I spoke about the charity, you can write off any charitable gifts, anything you donate, you can write that off, whether it's cash. Um, some people donate property, some people donate cars to certain organizations, you can do that also. People donate homes, 
to certain organizations. But you just better make sure that you have that receipt if it's a very large purchase. Uh, medical expenses you can write off. Anything that's um, not reimbursed by your medical coverage, you can definitely claim that. Mortgage interest, you have you can claim that. Also the gambling, um, the 1099. You're gonna get the 1099G, sorry, for the gambling losses. So you're gonna get that. Um, if you go to like the casino, you can show your, you can get a statement from the casino and they will tell you the statement for, I guess, you know, how much you've won or lost. And you could, a lot of people claim that if they lost a lot at the casino, they would get that statement, that summary. Also, if you have a health savings account, you can, um, deduct those contributions from your health savings account. If you have a health savings account through your employer, you can deduct that. Alrighty, and we're gonna just go on a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, what's up you guys? It's your girl Chrissy here to let you know that the Even Rush Network now has an app. Yes, an app you guys. So you can stay connected on the go and watch all your favorite podcast shows. You can download the app at Google Play Store or Apple iTunes. So spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, if you're looking to start a podcast and really don't know how, well, hit us up at the Even Rush Network at gmail.com and inquire about time stops, pricings, and everything you may need to get started. We got you. Join the winning team, the Even Rush Network. And also, download that app. What are you waiting for? <laughs> get to it. And we're back and we're back. That was a real quick break and we're back. We're talking about deductions today, deductions to help you when you're filing your taxes. I wanted to talk about again, the home office deduction, the home office, because I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs and you know, you should always claim that home office deduction because the IRS lets you write off, you know, a certain amount. You can also write off a certain amount for your rent or your mortgage. Um, whatever software you're using, they will ask you to kind of calculate the rent or the mortgage that you pay. You can definitely write off your utilities related to that home office. Uh, you know, some people have a, let's say it's in the basement, you might have a separate utility line down there. You know, you can definitely claim any kind, anything that's separate separate from your house is related to the business. You can claim your utilities. Uh, if your home has real estate taxes, you can claim that. If you're doing any repairs to the home office, you should definitely uh, claim that. Also, if there's any kind of maintenance um, in regards to that home office space, maybe you have to paint it, maybe you have somebody come in let's say once a week to clean, once a month to clean, you can definitely write that off too. If you have someone to come in and clean or just upkeep if it's a basement or if it's an office space um, within your home, you can definitely write, write that off. If you have to paint the office, if you have to, like I said, clean it, if you know anything related to that home office, you can write it off. If you have to paint, if you have to redo the floor, sometimes you may have to redo the floor. Uh, some people, you know, they have an extra room and they turn into a big home office. They might have a fridge. You might have a, you know, if you have to replace those things, you could definitely claim that also with your home office um, deductions. And like I said, education expenses regarded to your business, you should also claim that a personal, you can always claim any kind of education expense. So you could claim your travel, you can claim any meals that you're eating while you're taking the course too. You should definitely claim your travel and any meals while you're taking the course. If you have like a two day seminar, a week seminar, you can claim all your meals or your travel. You should definitely keep track of that. Now, this is related to if you have a, a home and you upgrade to solar, 
a lot of people are upgrading their home, their windows, their heating system. They're making everything a solar home and you can get that credit. It's considered a residential clean energy credit. And with that credit, you can get 30%. You can get up to 30% of the installation of the solar energy systems, including solar water heaters and the solar panels. Uh, some people, they redo their panels, they redo their um, water heaters. I notice a lot of people are redoing their water heaters uh, with the solar and they're getting back a lot of credit when they claim their taxes. Um, you know, I also work for a home warranty, so a lot of people are upgrading their water heaters to solar. A lot, a lot of people in different states all over, they're really upgrading and they're getting the benefits from that credit. So it's something to definitely look into. Also, there's also an energy efficient home improvement tax credit. And that would be for homeowners who purchase qualified homes with for upgrades, such as, like I said, the energy efficient, they're gonna get energy efficient windows, doors, heat pumps, and you can recoup up to $3,200 on those investments when you file your return. So that's called the energy efficient home improvement credit. And that's when you upgrade your home uh, you, with um, energy efficient windows, doors, heat pumps. That's where you're gonna get that um, credit. There's also um, an electric vehicle tax credit. And that ranges from $3,750 to $7,500. You can claim that credit. This is where taxpayers will get this credit. They can also get a credit of up to $4,000 for a used car, but the elig eligibility depends on the rules, their income, the price of the vehicle, and whether the car meets the IRS manufacturing guidelines for, for an electric vehicle tax credit. So before you buy the vehicle, just make sure that you're um, gonna be eligible for the credit before you buy the vehicle, because I had a, a couple of customers where um, they purchase these vehicles and then when it's time to do their taxes, the vehicles did not meet the requirements and they were kind of upset because of course the salesperson told them, yeah, you're gonna get back all your money, you're gonna get back your credits, no. You have to do your research first to see if the model um, is a certain weight size for the car that you're gonna get back your money or you could get the credit, let's say. So just do your research before you buy the vehicle. Okay, so, all right, I just wanted to talk about also, um, a lot of people get confused when they're doing their taxes, and let's say you're doing it yourself, and the computer might say, the system might say, if you want to do an itemized, or if you want to do a standard deduction rate. And most customers are kind of confused. They're like, what's the difference? The difference is if you do an itemized return, itemized just means that you have a receipt for every single thing that you're claiming. And when I say a receipt for everything, I mean a receipt for everything. You have every receipt, you're claiming a lot of different things. This is for people for, let's say, they, they have a certain illness, maybe they have a lot of out-of-pocket expenses um, you know, they have, uh, maybe they have to travel to different states for treatment. You know, you have miles you're claiming, you have hotel stays, you're like, you just have a lot of out-of-pocket expenses for either your personal, you have a lot of out-of-pocket expenses. You might have a, a home, you might have a, a rental property. And when I say you have a lot of expenses, you just have a lot of expenses and you want to itemize every single thing that's when most people itemize. It, in my career, I've only seen maybe a handful of people really itemize their returns. You have to have a lot of receipts to itemize. So most people get the standard. And when they say standard, standard kind of just means they're including a little bit of everything. If you have mortgage interest, if you have medical expenses, it's kind of, they're just kind of including everything. And that's what it means when you have a standard deduction. Standard just means they kind of take into account 
a little bit of everything into a standard deduction. So I just wanted to clarify because a lot of people get confused, you know, between itemized and standard. If you're going to do an itemized return, itemized just means you have a lot of different things you're claiming. You have you have like boxes full of receipts. That's what itemized means. You're claiming every single, anything you could think of, you're claiming. Standard, standard, and most people just claim the standard. Standard just means you make a certain amount. And it's a little bit of everything the IRS kind of calculates a little bit of everything within that standard amount. And that's how you get your return. Okay, so that's what basically it means with a standard. Itemized and a standard deduction. I hope I didn't lose anyone. I know it's a lot of information. <laughs> I know it's a lot. And, you know, a lot of people, they get so confused and it's a lot of information and they get, you know, for during tax time, they get very, very nervous. It's nothing to get nervous about. All it is is just claiming what you're eligible for. Okay, so don't worry. Don't get nervous. Um, also, if you're a first-time homeowner, you get a lot of credits back the first year after you buy the home. You get a lot of credits back, so you want to make sure... You're claiming all of that. Or you're you're going to get a 1090 with your home mortgage <clears throat> when you're claiming the next year after you buy your home. So you always want to make sure you have that. It's a great advantage when you buy your home and then, you know, you claim it the next year because you get a nice little bit of change that first year of you claiming for your home. Also, you know, if you have kids, um, the maximum that you can claim uh, you can only claim for three kids for the child tax credit. I know a lot of people are like, well, I have, let's say, five kids. What am I supposed to do? Well, <laughs> what some people do is when they have um, more than three kids and they're married, um, they would claim married, fine, and separate, and they would split the kids. One may take three one may take one, one may take, you know, and it all depends on how much you make too, because the less you make, the more credits you're going to get back. That's how, that's the easiest and simplest way for me to explain it. The less you make, the more you get back. But I know a lot of people think it's the more you make, the more you get back. No, it's the less you make, the more you get back. So if you have five kids and you're married, it would be best that you claim married filing separately and you split up the kids and it all depends on who makes. I would suggest whoever makes the lesser of the income, they could take majority. Let's say you have five kids, maybe the person who makes less may take the three and then the other spouse would take the two kids because the limit is three, you can only claim for three. So that would be the best thing to do. Or if you're not married and you know you have a good relationship with the other parent, you know, you could say, have an agreement, you know, where either you'll claim the three, they'll take the two or vice versa, you know, whatever situation. But definitely if you have more than three kids, that's what most people do. Um, I would not suggest, I do not suggest if you have more than three kids that you let anyone else claim for your kids if it's not the other parent, unless it is a grandparent that you have an agreement with, you know, some people let their grant, their parents, you know, claim the kid to let them get a little extra, but it's really not good if you let strange, you know, I wouldn't suggest you let a stranger claim your kid. It's not a good idea. I know years back when I first, first started doing taxes, like that was the thing. People would claim extra kids if you only had one kid and you're like, look, I want a little bit more money. People would get you would get kids. People would basically sell their kids and it's not a good thing to do because that person now has your kids, would have your kids' social security number, their information. And also the IRS is going to say, wait a minute, if you've always been claiming this kid and all of a sudden somebody else is claiming this kid, they're going to start to ask for proof. They're going to ask the person who's now claiming for your child. They might ask for school records. They might ask for, you know, reports from the doctor. They're going to ask for all kind of information because they want to see who is this person all of a sudden claiming for this child. So, you know, I do not suggest to people 
to um, let strangers file, file the kids. It's not something good to do, especially they're going to have that kid social forever. They're going to have your child social. That's not good to have. You know, you definitely want to keep those things um, safe. Your child's social and your social. You also want to keep it safe. Uh, I know this is a little off topic, but also when you have a kid, it's, it's best once they have their social, you should put a freeze on their social. There's a way you can put a freeze on your child's social. And I do suggest everyone do that when you have kids put a freeze on their social. So that just means that no one can get credit in their under their social or use their social fraudulently. You can uh, call up all of the different credit bureaus and put a freeze on your child's um, account, or you can uh, Google it. You can also Google it and it takes you through the steps. If anyone needs help with that, I also have the information. You could just reach out to me and I can definitely help you with that also. Just email me, stacytalksmoney at gmail, and just say that you need help to put a freeze on your child's um, social. It's a good thing. It's really, really a good thing to do. And I always suggest to everyone, put a freeze on your child's social because you never know. Some people, they move a lot. You never know, you know, information gets lost, things get lost. Some people, they walk around with their kids social. You lose your, your wallet or something happens, your bag. You know, you're traveling. Sometimes when you're traveling, you lose, you know, you lose your information. You never want that to get into somebody's um, hands because they can do a lot of damage with your child's social, okay? So you just want to always be careful and put a freeze on your child's social with all the credit bureaus. You put a freeze, all right? Even on your personal credit, um, you can put a freeze. I've done that. You put a freeze on your credit. So anytime anyone tries to access your credit, the bureau will send you a notification and let you know, look, this company is trying to access your credit. And it's a good way to make sure that no one can do anything fraudulent, you know, with your credit. You put a freeze. If you know you're going to apply for a car loan or any kind of loan or any kind of business transaction, um, you know, personal transaction, you lift the freeze, let the company, you know, do their check. And then after they check your credit, you go back and you freeze it again. It's very, very easy to freeze your credit. And I suggest to everyone, freeze your credit because you never, never know. You know, you never want to go check your credit and then you realize you have, I know people, they have mortgages that they had no clue about. They have credit cards they had no clue about. You know, it's very easy for people to just get your information and run up your credit. All right. So if any, like I said, if anyone needs help with that, I can also help you with that. Just um, send me an email, stacytalksmoney at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram, stacytalksmoneypodcast. Definitely like the page, comment, share if you have any. You know, if you guys have any questions, you could definitely send me a message there. Or you can send me a message uh, on my, uh, send me an email. And I will definitely answer any questions that you may have. You know, I know some people are not they're not willing to like call in or they're shy. So, you know, you could just send me a message and I'll definitely answer any questions you have about business or personal or investing, taxes, anything along those lines. If anyone has a question, definitely um, reach out to me. Uh, let me see. As far as taxes for this season, um, I did have a couple of, customers who reach out to who I was working with and they said, you know, oh, you know, I never received my W-2. Now, if the company closed or you can't locate the W-2, you know, a lot of things happen. You can actually go to the IRS.gov and you can get a copy of your W-2. You have to sign up with the IRS.gov, sign up for an account, and you can actually get a, a, a copy of your W-2. So if your the business closed down, they moved, you can't find them. Sometimes people just forget they never got the W-2. They're trying to get it from the company. They're not getting anywhere. You can get a copy of your W-2 from the IRS. Okay, you can get a copy of your W-2. Because remember, your W-2, when your company sends you your W-2, the IRS also has a copy of that. So if you can't get your W-2, if the business closed down, 
If you just can't locate them, you're having a hard time getting your W-2. Maybe you, uh, some people moved and they never got, you know, the W-2 to their new address and it's lost in the mail. You can go to the IRS.gov and you can get a copy of your W-2. There's um, certain links. If you need the link, just reach out to me. If you need help with that, I can definitely send you those links. That will help you to um, get a copy of your W-2, all right? Also, everyone should have an IRS.gov account where you can get your transcripts for your tax returns that you filed. Sign up for an IRS.gov account. It's very easy. You can sign up. You can see your stimulus payments. You can see your... If you need copies of your tax returns, if you need copies of your business returns, it's good to sign up and have an account because you never know when you may need that information. Like I said, you never know when you may need that information. So it's always good that you sign up for an account, okay, with the IRS. Uh, let me see. Also, um, I had a question from a, a client that I helped uh, last season, and they were asking about um, donating. And like I said, with the donating, you have to keep record if it's anything over $500 because they donated a lot of things and they said they had no record. The organization never gave them a record. So I just told them, you know, you're going to have to do an estimated value and just have your receipts and then kind of state, you know, I gave so-and-so to this company. Like she made things for the company and donated to them, but they never gave her any record of it. And she donated a lot of things. So always be careful when you're donating. You have to have your receipt or make sure the organization gives you a receipt. Or it's always best if you can, if you're donating um, any kind of cash or if you could pay by check. Or if you can pay by your, uh, you know, debit card, your credit card, make sure you hold on to that receipt or you just have proof, you know, with your bank that you can always claim back that you paid this amount. Because um, when it comes to charitable deductions, you know, that does help lower your tax liability. So you always want to make sure that you have record of that anytime you donate. Anything, if you donate, um, like I said, if you donate over um, $500, you should keep record of that. Uh, let me see. When it comes to IRA, IRAs for traditional, I'm sorry, for 401ks, <laughs> um, when it comes to 401ks, you can contribute the maximum amount, and this is for 2023, the maximum amount you can contribute is 22,500. The maximum amount you can contribute is 30,000. And that's if you're 50 years old or older. Okay? For 2023, the contribution, the maximum you can contribute is 22,500 and it's 30,000 if you're 50 and older. Okay, so and for the year and for the year when we're claiming for 2024, it's going to raise to 23,000 and it's going to be 30,500 if you're 50 and above. Okay, and I think I'm going to talk about this next week. I'm going to talk about, um, you know, different investments that you can do when you have a business because a lot of people think, oh, because I have a business, I can't have a 401k, I can't have stock options, I can't, you know, there are a lot of investments that you can do if you have a business, 401ks, IRAs, stock, you know, so I'll definitely talk about that um, next week. I will talk about the different um, savings for your business that you can start 401ks, you can have IRAs, you can also have stock options. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you can have all of these things for your business. Okay, so we're going to talk about that um, next week. I'm also going to talk about um, having um, medical insurance 
when you're self-employed and how to kind of navigate with that? Because I know a lot of people also get confused when it comes to, you know, what can I do when I have, when I'm self-employed and I need medical insurance? You may not always have to buy a plan. There are a lot of plans that you can navigate or you could get a lot of plans at a lower cost, even if you are a business owner. So I'll definitely talk about that also, you know, what's the best route you should go when you're a business owner and you need um, medical coverage, especially if you're not making a lot. Some people are business owners and you may still qualify for, let's say, Medicaid or things like that, even if you're a business owner, because you have to make, you know, you have to make a certain amount. And a lot of plans do have, um, for businesses, they are at lower premiums. So I'll definitely talk about that next week, you know, the different um, insurance insurances that business owners can have. Because, uh, you know, medical insurance is definitely important. Even though you're self-employed, you should have um, medical coverage. And also, if you're employing more than two, if you have more than two employees, you should have medical coverage for them. Also, you should have medical, some kind of medical coverage for your employees. All right, so if anyone has any questions, you know, um, a lot of people have been sending me messages on my Facebook. People have been sending me messages through my email. People have been sending me messages on Instagram. And I just want to take the time to say thank you. You know, they like the show. They like the topics. You know, they ask a lot of questions. And, you know, I'm going to definitely start going through when I get messages and you know, talk about those topics. And um, if you have anything you want me to talk about, just send me a message. You could send it to me on Facebook also. Um, those of you who have my Facebook, I'll also post it on my Instagram, a link to my Facebook. You can send it to me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can just um, email me, stacytalksmoney at gmail. The Instagram is stacytalksmoneypodcast. Um, if you're looking for, um, I'm going to be looking for people, you know, if you want to have an interview, definitely reach out to me. If you're a business owner, you want to have an interview, just reach out and I'll definitely set it up for you. I'm trying to get like a diverse background of business owners. If you're in real estate, if you're in, you know, marketing, if you're in any kind of field, you know, it doesn't matter what it is make jewelry, you make, you know, anything. It really doesn't matter. Once you're a business owner, you know, definitely reach out to me and I'll set something up. Cause you know, I just want people to know the different kind of businesses and some of the obstacles you may face. So we can all learn and we can all grow. I have a few interviews set up with, um, some people in the banking field, some people in the real estate field, uh, what else? What else? What else? I'm working to get um, someone from a car dealership who deals with, um, you know, the commercial department. They might come on the show. So I'm definitely working on a lot of things because I just want people to get a lot of information and I want them to get the right information, how to, you know, start their business, how to maintain their business, how to grow their business the right way. Um, I'm also working uh, to get someone, a young lady, she writes grants. So I'm looking to get her also on the show to talk about the process. And if it's really necessary to get a grant writer, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. You know, it's all, it all depends on what kind of grants you're going for. And, you know, if you're going for a large sum of money like this, grants up to a million dollars and more, and I would definitely you know, recommend that you get a professional to write those kind of grants, you know, for you, because that's a lot of money and you would just want to make sure it's professional and it's to the point and, you know, you could hopefully win, you know, grants of that size. Cause you know, there's a lot of grants out there. There's a lot of companies that give grants, um, companies you'd be surprised. They give grants. Most companies out there give grants. They have a small business grant. 
um, Macy's has a grant, um, FedEx, um, PayPal also has different grants. Visa has a grant. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's so many other companies that have grants out there. So I'm, I'm definitely working on having a show about just dedicated to loans and grants that people can apply for, for the business. Okay. So I'm definitely working on that for the future. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I know it was a lot of information that I gave. If anyone needs help with anything, definitely reach out on my Instagram, Facebook, or you can send me an email, stacytalksmoney at gmail.com. My Instagram is stacytalksmoneypodcast. Send me a message. Make sure you like, comment, share, and thank you for watching. Make sure you tune in next week. This is Stacy Talks Money Podcast.